Hello everyone, my name is Phil Friend and a very warm welcome to the latest Gear, Gadgets and Gizmos podcast in association with RIDC, the Research Institute for Disabled Consumers. This is the place where disabled people and their supporters talk about the stuff they use to get around some of the barriers their disabilities throw at them. And on today's show, I'm delighted to welcome Jeff Adam Spink, who I've known for some time when I first met him, actually, when he was working at the BBC. But I'll let Jeff uh, introduce himself to you. You're very welcome, Jeff. How are you? Yeah, hi, Phil. Thanks for asking me to be your first guest. Phil, I'm one of the uh, rare people in this country uh, who are part of the thalidomide generation. So between um, 1958 and 1961, Thalidomide was a drug given to women, especially pregnant women, uh, as, a, as a remedy for morning sickness and anxiety, and it caused various birth defects. Now, in me, it's meant that my arms are extremely short. They sort of, my hands just practically just come straight out from my shoulders. So I've got problems with reach and dexterity. Um, I also was born without a right eye and very, very bad vision in my left eye, and I'm registered blind. And as a result of uh, using the wrong desks and various things during my working life, um, I slipped a disc in my 30s, so I'm, I'm dealing with sort of chronic back pain as well. So those are the things that um, I have to overcome, and I use a lot of technological solutions for doing that. I mean, let's start at the very top then. So what is the thing you use the most, that you get the most use out, that, 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 that's the best kind of piece of kit or gadget? Well, I think... From my perspective, the thing I use most is probably the thing that's uh, the cheapest as well. Um, it's a very simple clamp for various tablets or iPads or Kindles or whatever. It's made by a company called Bestek, B-E-S-T-E-K, and they're about 21, 22 pounds each. I've always got one in my work bag. I've got one clamped to my desk upstairs. I've got one clamped to my breakfast bar in the kitchen. And it really means that I can use a touchscreen device like an iPad without having to bend forward and hurt my back. And if I couple that with an Apple Pencil, which is a sort of little stylus device that goes with the iPad Pro, it, that, NA, that gives me a little bit of extra reach. And having very short arms, it means I can move around the touchscreen really, really easily. So... Uh, that, that device plus the Apple Pencil really means that, for example, I'm able to, uh, you know, surf the net, reply to emails, uh, you know, do a bit of work, do a bit of studying for my open university course um, w without causing myself any long-term nasty injury or pain. And for me, that's a huge issue. Okay, so so it, it's... You're using that device to clamp whichever um, iPad, iPhone, or whatever it is you're using, but it holds everything steady. But it serves two purposes. One, you can write notes in a secure way, but also it allows you, I'm guessing, because of your sight impairment, to get right up to the screen so that you can read whatever's on it. That's right. So I can, I can, it, it, it's really uh, only a few centimeters away from my one good eye. So I've right. got, I've got a, I've got a useful amount of residual vision and I'm able to see what's on the screen so that plus the fact that I'm sitting up straight and not hurting my back yes. means that um, it, it sort of transforms the way that I interact with my technology really. 
Fabulous. And a very simple tech. We'll obviously put the details of this on the show notes so people can um, can go there to, to have a look at the kit you're describing. So that's number one on your list. What's the second thing that you kind of, your go-to gadget or device that um, really helps? Well, the second device, I would say, that really has transformed my life over the last year is my Amazon Echo smart speaker, uh, which I now have one of in every room, and which I've now hooked up to other smart devices in my house, so that, for example, with one voice command, I can close all of the blinds and curtains throughout the house. I can do the same with lighting. I can I can see who's at my front door. I can I can choose to look at the camera that's in the back garden. Um, I can I can alter the mood lighting in a room. I can listen to uh, different bits of music or podcasts or, or radio programs, all just from saying, you know, uh, Lexi, please play me this thing. I'd like to hear this now. So uh, having having those devices throughout my house has made my house into what I laughingly call a smart home. But just thinking about that, I mean, you're you're somebody I know from personal experience. You're somebody who's very very comfortable with tech, and in fact, um, you know, whatever comes out, you're straight on it to see what value it has. What about the perhaps the less technical? How easy is it to set up something like the Amazon Echo? I would say, Phil, that the Echo device is something that. If you're going to just take it up and use it as a as a as a standalone speaker, it's very easy to set up almost without any technical knowledge. As long as you've got your own, as long as you know your Wi-Fi password, you should be fine. I would say if you're going to link it to things like blinds, curtains, um, various different bits of lighting, your central heating controller, and some smart plugs. You might need a bit of assistance getting it set up, but once it's set up and you've agreed with the person installing it for you what your commands are going to be, it's as simple as just saying the, the name of the speaker and then do this. Like I can say, Lexi, dry it off, and that turns off my tumble dryer. Right. And did you, did, were you able, given your sight impairment, were you able to follow the instructions on those kinds of things without too many difficulties, or did you use... A personal assistant to help you? No, I was able to do it uh, without any help at all. Um, I I used a smartphone app to help set up the devices, um, and once, as I say, once it's done, it's done. And that would be the the Amazon Echo app. Yes, would it? it would be the Amazon Echo app. It, it, it's important to say that uh, Amazon Echo is one of a number of systems that are on the market. Um, I think if you're going down the smart speaker route, you may as well have the same thing in each room throughout the house so that you've only got one lot of technology instead of three different lots of technology all working against each other. I think at this stage of the game, we're in a sort of, if you can remember back as far as Betamax versus Video 2000 versus VHS, and in the end VHS won, but there was a time when nobody nobody knew which, which format was going to win. Um, I think, you know, if, if you're going to opt for a system, go down that route and put that throughout the house. Don't mix it up because otherwise you'll confuse yourself to, to you know, to, to high heavens with 
remembering different commands and am I speaking to the Google Home device or the Amazon Echo device or my Apple I, uh, HomePod device, you know, it just gets you a, a little bit confused. I still now and again get a little bit confused between uh, Siri and Lexi and sometimes I'll, I'll, I will ask uh, Lexi to do something that I really want Siri to do. Mm. And okay, so so that's number two on your favoured list. And what is the final, the third thing that you you feel really does help in in in, in it's maybe a different way from the first two. Very very different way from the first two. Um, the third device is called the Porter B Day. It's a sort of B Day toilet device. Now these uh, full size devices made by companies like Closamat and Geberit. Uh, lots of us with problems with reach uh, have these installed in our houses. They're pretty expensive. They're sort of between two and four thousand pounds a go, and you buy one every sort of t fifteen or twenty years, and it sits there and it does its job. But when you travel, you're, you know, in the same boat as you were before you had the device installed in the first place. Some very bright spark came up with a design for something that can pack away into a very small bag and which with with a minimum of uh, setting up which takes about literally a minute when you get to your destination you can add to almost any toilet anywhere and you've basically got the the washing facilities of a b-day toilet that sounds fantastic so that means that yes because i suppose <clears throat> jumping around a bit but you're very active and you're out and about an awful lot. You're traveling all over the place. Um, for you, that's an absolute godsend. I guess, I, I suppose, rather than buying the very expensive £4,000 job, you could buy the cheap version and stick it in your toilet at home, could you? You could, but I, I would say it's a little bit like having, um, let's, say, let's say in the hot weather you've got a big room fan that, that sort of oscillates around and, and moves the air around for you. It's a bit like the difference between that and one of those little handheld devices. I, I wouldn't want to use a portable day uh, on an everyday basis because I don't think after six months or a year it would still be working. I think, I, think, I think these are devices that are okay to use, you know, for a couple of weeks away here or a weekend away there. But I don't think they've ever been designed for day in and day out usage, so I don't think you can. I, I don't think you could sort of cut costs in that way. Um, also, the, the 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 big difference between the Porter B Day and the fixed, uh, more expensive devices is that they the, the more expensive devices have a dryer on them as well, like a fan, a, a oh, hot right. air blower. Now you don't yes. get that on the Porter B Day, and it's quite important. Yes. So I suppose that you may not know the answer to this question, but if somebody were looking at that kind of kit for their house and given the cost of it, is there a chance that the local authority might help with the cost of that or is that outside your experience? I don't think it's completely outside my experience. I think local authorities still have something called the Disabled Facilities Grant, DFG. They, yes, I believe they do. Yep. Now, those are grants that are available for essential equipment, I would say, being able to go to the loo with dignity and independence is pretty essential to most people's lives. And, uh, you know, bear in mind that they are means tested. So if you're, um, uh, you know, a merchant banker on a salary of three or four, four hundred thousand pounds a year, 
you're very unlikely to be able to get it. But if you're living on a low income or living on benefits, uh, and you think this is necessary, and it would it would help you to you know to, to be more independent and and to live the life that you want to live. Then I think most local authorities would actually look on that fairly favourably. And I suppose if you are a merchant banker with four hundred thousand, you do they do a gold plated version for for the wealthy? I or? think there's a sort of fairly <laughs> top of the range version that hides all the equipment behind a panel and you know looks very very. Looks very, very sort of. Uh, it looks more like a lifestyle accessory than a disability accessory. You'll know the difference. What I mean, Phil. I mean things that are designed for the disabled market tend not to look terribly aesthetically pleasing. Whereas um, the the top of the range Geberit, um, you know, it hides all of its works and parts behind a sort of uh, a false wall, and all you see is a sort of toilet bowl hanging on the wall. Right. So finally, um, regarding that device, um, when you have visitors and people come round to stay and so on and so forth, does it does it affect them in any way? Is it you know a bit like controls on a car? Anybody can use it, kind of thing. I mean, generally, I've got I think I've got three loos in my house, and two of them are B-day uh, toilets. It could, anybody can use the toilet, and as long as they're not sitting on it when they press the flush. Uh, <laughs> as far as they're concerned, nothing. It, there's no difference from using your regular loop. Right. Okay. Well, on that really very happy note, <laughs> it's a bit like going to a car wash, isn't it? If you didn't know what you were doing. Exactly. Jeff, what can I say other than thank you so much for giving us your time and also your top three kind of hints? Very different ones, actually. And I will make sure that um, the notes, the show notes, reflect what Jeff has been talking about, so other the listeners can. Um, uh, go onto the web and, and try and find things. So once again, Jeff, thank you so much. That's really, really helpful. You're most welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're a disabled person and want to appear on the show so you can share your thoughts and ideas about the gear, gadgets and gizmos you use, drop me a line. My email address is brinkburn at gmail.com or you can call Chris Lofthouse at RIDC on 020-7427-2460. Thanks once again, and I look forward to you joining me for the next edition of Gear, Gadgets and Gizmos.